Hello, and welcome to Improvised Music in Kingston, a podcast that explores the thoughts and music of a group of local musicians who are situated across various genres and who all incorporate improvisation as part of their practice. I'm your host, Paul Clifford. In this episode, we explore all things Kingston. We consider the questions, what aspects of living in Kingston have an impact on the experience of playing improvised music, both positively and negatively? I asked the group members a series of questions about living here. To describe the local Kingston community related to their genres. If they think Kingston has a dominant music culture, and if so, to please describe what that means. How living in Kingston has affected their practice. And if they feel that the environment of Kingston allows them to express themselves musically as they'd like. The music you hear was all recorded live and features all members of the group. I feel like there's a lot of hidden gems in Kingston. You know, I feel like there's a lot of things that have been kind of percolating away consistently in the margins, like in, or in, you know, kind of like on the, you know, in the background of Kingston. Um, here in Kingston, people start to know each other very quick, and then you have this opportunity to grow in um, the the um, like artistic society or whatever you work in the society that you're working in easier and faster. And I think this helped me a lot to gain some opportunity to work with different composer or musician or different projects being being involved in. Um, better quality project, I should say, and being in um, a Toronto that there are lots of musicians there and it's hard to get involved um, with, uh, by other musicians. Um, so it, it brought me a good opportunity to just take my first initial steps and um, try to work on my like solo album, my first projects, and then knowing other musicians um, so I think it was a great, um, a great um, step for me to go forward and to grow, uh, to grow as a musician. Kingston, I feel like. It has a very strong musical presence. I feel that, uh, and I certainly felt this in New Orleans, that you feel like your average person on the street is a spirited and very talented performer. Mm. Uh, and like your, your shoe salesman or the person working at the pharmacy could get up on stage and sing a song or dance or play guitar or something and you would be amazed like amazed at the quality mm -hmm. and in Kingston it's not that level it's not that people are performers but everyone is very musically I feel like there's a lot of people attuned to music mm -hmm. so a lot of people who are very comfortable playing their guitar in their backyard uh, there's a lot of people uh, singing in choirs here 
there's a lot of people writing songs, writing poetry. I just feel like it, people have uh, expressions, but we are not a show culture here. Mm -hmm. We don't we don't really believe in in uh, spirited performing the way they do in other places. Mm -hmm. But we certainly, uh, I think, a lot of people have a very high level of musical appreciation. there's there's just a you know a level of of support of, of what we have mm -hmm. uh that you know works really well and and you just have to look at um the you know garage band you know pub scene you know mm -hmm. there there that's always existed and was well here before i arrived in the 80s mm -hmm. but um you know the the best example of that is you know the tragically hip obviously mm -hmm. but there are great bands that are coming out of kingston constantly oh yeah you know, that just just all the time mm -hmm. and you know those are just people who get together and you know if you're going to survive in a band it's not so much about the music it's always more about the personality for sure how, how can you put up with those people and <laughs> and make it work mm -hmm. uh but you know that's a that's a real real craft and and art i find it amazing here that we have uh that we have Kingston's so strange in that we have so many musicians here. It's it's crazy, I think. And the number of bands that kind of come out of here and have people like what we're doing. You know, like there are, there are, I, I mean, for such a small town, relatively, uh, I think it's, I think it's amazing. And I've heard other people talk about, I don't know, like when people talk about the the scene, like, well, Kingston, yeah, there's a lot of music here, but it's all kind of the same and they're all kind of fitting into the same thing. And I don't think that's true. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think the bands that maybe some of the bands that have made it out of here. No, I don't think, I don't think, I think there are standards being set by, I mean, like obvious people like in the pop world, pop folk world, like Sarah Harmer. I mean, like she, she sets a standard. Mm -hmm. And even weeping tile. I mean, you can hear it when she's when there's having weeping tile. That mm -hmm. like she was making a thing, and and there are things that happen here. And you get people like you or like Matt Rogelski, like people like that that are whew, they're just so intensely musical. Well, like I said, there's no dedicated venue here and there's uh, great players, but 
smaller number of players. Um, maybe, maybe it's cheaper to find a space to practice in, but there's not a lot of practice spaces. The real estate, it's a problem. Like right now I'm part of a group called Grip and we're doing this space share thing. We're trying to open up spaces because there are a few people that own a lot of real estate here. It's really expensive, like for the amount of, you know, such a small town, it's ridiculous. It's really hard to get these art collectives happening so that they can survive and keep going. Um, so I'd say it's pretty challenging. You could say that alternative indie bands would be a culture. Mm. You could say that the symphony is a culture. Mm -hmm. You could say that uh, you know the jazz standards is a culture in terms of the biggest. There's no, there's I would say I would say the what's what's the busiest music place in Kingston? I guess Musiki is the busiest. Uh, and what what was that other place? Uh, halfway up Princess Street. What's it called? The mansion? Two yeah, the mansion. Mansion? Yeah. They were all young rock bands mm -hmm. in indie, I guess you would call it indie, which are new, sure. music, new music, indie yeah. rock. rock. Um, yeah. They were really busy mm -hmm. and they have, they have things going on constantly. And then, you know, like there's two jazz gigs in town <laughs> and, yeah. and there's a whole lot of country gigs in town mm -hmm. and the symphony's good. The symphony season's great. Like, you know connected with the university there's some really strong players so i don't know i guess in terms of numbers of gigs that are out there i think maybe the alternative thing is the biggest culture I mean, COVID makes it, that's a really interesting question with COVID, right? Um, but prior to that, um, you know, um, I feel like people want to hear people express themselves in Kingston, but there's this air of shyness and properness around Kingston that uh, like sees the, like out of anything's out of the ordinary uh, are like kind of you know are not like not really appreciated or like I don't know I feel that uncomfortableness with Kingston but that being said I'm the type of person that to break that all those kinds of uh you know uh those you know people feeling like I'm comfortable and just being like you know what I'm gonna play I don't care I can play banjo on the sidewalk if I have to wear a mask to be within the laws I don't care like <laughs> but yeah it's um I feel like Kingston needs to be like shaken up a bit in terms of like its spontaneity. Uh, it really lacks some of that. Like it's so rigid. I think that it's like the like, kind of like military kind of like old prison town kind of feel like school and like very segregated, um, you know, urban planning.
there's lots of times that I've lived in Kingston and wished, oh, I wish, like, like I wish I was in Toronto. I wish I was in Montreal. I wish I was in Halifax. There's so excited, so much exciting things going on there. That's a bit of like the Facebook phenomena where like, you know, you just read about stuff that is not relevant to you. Like there's great shows happening in Toronto. You definitely can't go, but you have this, you want, you know, so you feel down on yourself about your own town. Um, so that has occurred, that has happened to me lots and lots since I've been here. But, you know, when we talk about moving, my partner and I, I realize like I have too many valuable, there's so many valuable resources I have here in Kingston that allow me to do what I want to do, even if the audience is not quite there. There's maybe not quite the audience for it, but I have collaborators who support me. Like, um, they don't really have anywhere else. I mean, I have some in other cities, in Montreal and Halifax, but not really Halifax. Like a few in Montreal, few in Toronto, but but here I have a nice number of collaborators and that is really what keeps me. Well, you know, Kingston punches way above its body weight when mm -hmm. it comes to cultural activities. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a lot of it, I think, you know, has to do with, you know, Queens and where it's located and, um, you know, just being, you know, <laughs> conveniently dislocated between Toronto, mm -hmm. Montreal and Ottawa, right? You know, so you can sort of get here and then get to other places. Um, the uh, and I think all the arts feed into each other because we've got way more novelists and poets mm -hmm. who, who who live in this city or call Kingston home or are called Kingston home at some point. starting out in Kingston, it's like if you played music and you weren't necessarily a classical musician, I mean, obviously I was doing Queen's Wind Ensemble and chamber choir and uh, whatever orchestral things I had to do mm -hmm. for my degree, mm -hmm. but also I was playing in bars, playing eclectic, uh, wild, psychedelic rock and blues um, and then that led to, uh, work and work, music work meant you had to have an audience that wanted to be, uh, entertained by your brand of music, which, uh, the psychedelic rock and blues as much fun as it was playing with Joe and with all these long haired, loud, mm -hmm. uh, guys. Mm -hmm. um, wasn't really getting a lot of gigs mm. and uh, so that led to uh, discovering uh, 
getting uh, getting paid to play in a rhythm and blues band. In Kingston, I don't think there are any Iranian musicians, no. um, and or or even musicians from other countries. There are not as much as different, like in Toronto. Yeah. Um, but people are really like they are well. They are they welcome new um, musics, and that they they really. I get good feedbacks from people who don't know anything about my music or my instrument that mm-hmm. um, they listen to it or they enjoy listening to it. So um, that's different than some other countries, uh, some other cities like Toronto, Vancouver, that is more multicultural, but it's also uh, providing lots of opportunity for um, musicians from different backgrounds. I'd say there's, like you said, there's a strong, you know, it has to do with demographic too and history, um, like classical crowd, you know, um, and again, the cover band kind of thing. And that, you know, there's a long legacy of Gord Downey and kind of like, you know, bar band kind of thing. Um, I've never personally been uh, someone to play in bars. I never did it growing up. I never really enjoyed it because I don't like the sounds of clanging and like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't like loud, loud stuff too much. Um, And then there's like, I mean, maybe like, see I'm a Queens student, but I'm 24. I I went, I I entered Queens four years late, right? So uh, there's like the whole, you know, club which is probably limited to stages, but I never went there and it's been closed. And I think there's that kind of like house scene, party, get drunk kind of thing. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I went to how I started getting involved in the Kingston community was I went to um, Musiki mm-hmm. and I started going to the open mics mm-hmm. and I bring my cello and I you know play some of the songs that I knew because I didn't I didn't play a lot of like sing and play I wasn't I for a long time I haven't been like a solo act right so it was a good opportunity for me to be like alone in Kingston I'm out of my comfort zone I'm just a student at this point right and they get to play music and meet some cool artists and uh, that was fun I'm going to talk about this in relation to, I think, a, a really generalized look at Kingston hmm. for a second. Um, you know, and I, I know it's changing, which is great. Um, but King, yeah, Kingston is a smaller city with a big rural community. Hmm. It's known as kind of a hockey town hmm. um, and the birthplace of, uh, you know, the popular Canadian rock band, The Tragically Hip. Mm-hmm. Um, who are symbolic of Canada's unique voice in music, you know? Um, and I would say that Kingston, it, there's a lot of people that like the, the like prefer sort of rock and country and, and indie music, which I mean, even indie, I don't even know if you can use that label anymore. Like I feel like indie is the popular form mm-hmm. of music. Yeah. Um, and uh, so the kinds of music that, like I would do often these are, you know, it's music that's represented during like cultural festivals or in very small sort of specialized festivals. Um, there's not a dedicated venue for jazz mm-hmm. in um, Kingston, right? Not that I know of. Um, most music, uh, which is alternative to those popular kinds that I mentioned, a lot of it what might come from out of town it's usually curated for a certain demographic that it might not necessarily be the most adventurous listeners um you know like and i'm not talking about tone deaf and stuff i mean these are like there's specialized smaller festivals that um are curating really interesting things there's the you know jazz society and stuff but often this is kind of like a one-off thing like there's not like a weekly dedicated place or like a big scene happening where you can like go to jam sessions all night and kind of work your craft and um you know your kind of your existence is uh and it's very it's marketed in a certain way so that people have a certain expectation.
couple of years ago, maybe three years ago, I had a small gathering here uh, of a couple of people from West Virginia and some friends from Toronto. And, and we just spent the weekend playing old time fiddle tunes and man, like I, I hadn't realized just how much it's like a language, you know, like, and how, as a, I'm kind of like foreigner, foreigner, I speak another language mm. and there are very, very select few people who speak the same language and speak it really thoroughly, you know, so you can actually talk about ideas and stuff musically. I mean, and I don't mean actually talking. Mm. Um, so what I've been doing, being here 20 years, is trying to fit myself into the pop folk world and the and that kind of thing. Like, we're playing, we're at Blue Skies. I think we were there together. At, and uh, Ruben was doing, uh, uh, Ruben and uh, Shirelli, we're singing Canadian classic pop folk songs okay. at a workshop. Okay. And I was there. They had asked me to come and drum with them. And Josh was playing accordion. And we were all there. And, uh, and for the first time ever, and like I've been making music my whole life. It was the first time that I realized all the, the majority of people in Western music who, who listen to the radio and, and make the music or just listen to it and take it in, um, everything they do in my world what they're doing is in halftime like or i'm going and so like the cuban music so everything i do and the middle eastern music west african music you name it whatever you know, I keep saying traditional in quotes, but whatever music I've been drawn to is almost always in double time. really the only I feel like there's the Kingston Jazz Society um, which I think is kind of the only real you know kind of solid improvisation community that I know of um, well oh that's that's I mean that's not true um, I think my really my first introduction to it was tone deaf um, and kind of like seeing kind of all sorts of improvised music, um, was tone deaf. Yeah. Um, which was really inspiring, um, to kind of get into and, and be a part of and, and stuff. Um, yeah. Tone deaf Kingston jazz society. Um, I feel, uh, I feel like a, um, an age gap in kind of, um, in some of those communities, like I feel, yeah, I think those are kind of really 
the only real like consistent um, communities that are going on um, right now. Um, some friends and I are um, making a, a video of like kind of a documentation of improvised music on the island. And this was David Parker's idea um, who's been kind of like in, I think also like a part of the improvisation scene in, in Kingston um, for a while. Um, and he had this idea to kind of create um, uh, a little documentary of improvisation on the island. And I was like pretty surprised because I didn't feel like there was much improvisation happening on the island. And I was like, whoa, is there a community that I haven't, you know, mm -hmm. that I've just been kind of sleeping on? Um, but I think it was more so just uh, um, our friend um, Cecily is living on the island and she's got an um, kind of an improvisation um, group going or she has like a, a band or, or something. There, there are some really strong players and composers in this town who, for various reasons, don't play very much. Yeah. And you know who they are. We've, we've talked. And you mean like not just COVID, right? Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. They, yeah. They're, they're very uh, discerning about what they do in public. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, they're, they're strong, and, but they won't play. You know, uh, and then uh, uh, you know, I, I I consider myself in, uh, not to be uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Blowing my own horn. I'm in that category, but I want to play. Yeah, yeah. I want to play. I, I play with those guys a lot, uh, but uh, I also play with the, what I would consider maybe like the next tier. Mm -hmm. uh, not to be tears, but you know what I mean. Sure. Um, the standards gigs, the jobbing gigs, the, right. the play whatever because it's fun, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and you know, like Olive as a riot, you know. I love yeah. that. Uh, yeah, and uh, but it's not high art, but it's great. You know, it's mm -hmm. really good. Mm -hmm. um, and then you know, playing at Monty's and, and doing the, the odd, you know, there's the there's like there's like the serious composers. Mm -hmm. Then there's the jobbing, mm -hmm. and then. In the in the jazz world, I've I've become aware of the of another tier of the big bands. Mm. There's all those big bands out there that that mm. practice and mm -hmm. and do concerts outside in the summer. Mm -hmm. And they're they're aficionados. They're not they're not you know they're high people that played in high school. They just wanted to keep it going. Mm -hmm. and they sound pretty good. Some of them.
would you say is the dominant musical culture of Kingston? Dominant? Dominant. Um. Rock band. Rock and band. choir. Yeah. Yeah. And what is it like? Why do you say that? If you just elaborate a little bit. Oh. Well, there are so many choir choirs. Simply. And everyone knows all those groups. And then a lot of people I talk to belong to one of them. And then like Christmas time, uh, twice a year. Well, uh, lots of concerts related to choirs. Right. Like, <laughs> so somebody is belonging, and then also, uh, and then most of us go to one of the concerts who is your relations, who is doing the choir, or, yeah, like as a family members. Yeah, I feel like just so many like a lot of choir culture and, and the same thing younger generations same thing for rock bands mm. it's interesting that you kind of see those as similar to <laughs> me yeah like it's yeah like similar dynamics right like how people are so related somehow. Mm. Like friends of friends uh, is gigging tonight at Stone mm -hmm. City Yale. Mm. That kind of thing. So it's almost like the what you're saying. Correct me if I'm wrong, but what you're saying is like the music is just an extension of the social network. Totally. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I've been in Kingston for for eight years, or I was away for a few years in the middle there, but first moved to Kingston in 2012. Um, and in that time, I've kind of learned more and more about the Kingston scene. There's always more to learn. There's always more to find out. There's definitely tons of things I don't know about. That's what I like about it. Um, I think that's what I like about any scene. Um, but... Kingston scene suffers, I think, from a lack of venues, lack of affordable venues and all ages venues, and a lack of like programming of the genres I've named and the genres I play and like care, you know, like I'm sort of passionate about. Um, and I've I've worn various hats as like a booker and and like promoter and performer while I've been here um, at certain venues. Um, but they struggle, they all struggle, like independent art spaces. Thank you for listening to Improvised Music in Kingston. 
In this episode, we explored all things Kingston. For more information about the project, the group members, and to listen to the complete set of musical recordings, please visit the project website at paulclifford.ca slash imik.